Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Tear Down to Build Up, as we pick up in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 10. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Years ago, when I was just a child and started in the ministry, our second pastorate was in Tucson, Arizona. And I have not always been the most tactful person in the world, nor am I yet. I'm not quite as blunt as Romaine, but I'm still not always graceful and tactful. And I do have the capacity of just speaking what I feel to be the truth, and I I think that it's important that the truth be spoken even though it does cut or hurt. I've always believed in the proverb, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And so... When we were pastoring in Tucson, in the first part of our pastoring there, we did a very excellent job in sort of emptying the church. (laughs) And I received my first, not the last, but my first anonymous letter. I get them all the time now, but I received my first anonymous letter I read the first, and I don't read them anymore. But it said, When Jesus was a boy and was a carpenter in his father's shop, we never read of him using a wrecking bar. And they spelled it R-E-C-K-I-N-G. And I think that the intimation was that I was wrecking the church or something. But it was... It seems that God called me, as he did Jeremiah, to root out, to pull down, and to destroy. You see, oftentimes, the system becomes so corrupt that there's nothing to build on. Now, God's purpose is always that of building but he cannot always start out building. Many times he has to tear down what is there. Now, in a lot of this redevelopment, downtown stuff, they have to go in with bulldozers and just level the buildings, tear them out and haul them away, and then they start the new building projects and the high-rises and so forth. Because the the stuff is so old, it's so decrepit, it's so corrupt that you wouldn't dare try to build on it. The nation Israel had come to the place where it was beyond recovery. It was necessary now that God just pull down, root out, tear out what was left in order that he might start his new work of planting and of building. So, Jeremiah's ministry was first of all to root out, pull down, destroy, and to throw down, and then to build and to plant as God starts then his new work. 
God never tears down in our lives except to the end that he might begin his true work of building up and planting that new work in us. So you may be in that stage right now where God is still rooting out and you say, oh, Lord, you know, you're bringing me to nothing. Yes, that's what he wants to do in order that he might start his building and his planting in your life. So that ministry to which God called Jeremiah is a, a, is a very common type calling as God must get rid of the present corrupt system in order that he might establish his new work. That is why I feel that very rarely do you ever see real revival come within the framework of a denomination. That God seems to always go outside and start a new work. He doesn't try to bring recovery to the old systems. He doesn't try to pour the new wine in the old skins. He doesn't sew the new piece of cloth on the old garment but he usually goes outside and starts a whole new building process. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And he said, I see a rod of an awakening tree. Now, the almond tree in Hebrew is an awakening tree because the almond tree is the first tree that awakes in the spring. In fact, it, the almond trees begin to blossom in January. They're the first trees to come out of the winter season there in the Holy Land. They start to blossom in January, and by March, they, they have their almonds and all on them. So it's called an awakening tree because it's the first tree to awaken in the, in the, after the winter season. Then the Lord said unto me, You've seen correctly, for I will watch over or awake over my word to perform it. What do you see? I see an awakening tree. That's right. You've seen good because I'm going to be awake over my word to perform it. Or I'm going to watch over my word to perform it. And the word of the Lord came unto me the second time saying, what do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot, and the face of it is towards the north. Then the Lord said unto me, Out of the north an evil shall break forth upon all the inhabitants of the land. Now Babylon was actually east, but in order to attack, they had to come to the north and come down from the north rather than coming across the desert area there. And so it is a reference to Babylon and the coming invasion. For lo, I will call all of the families of the kingdoms of the north, saith the Lord, and they shall come and they shall set everyone his throne at the entering in of the gates of Jerusalem and against all the walls thereof round about and against the cities of Judah. And I will utter my judgments against them, touching all their wickedness, who have forsaken me and have burned incense unto other gods and worshiped the works of their own hands. So God is going to bring judgment upon his people because of their wickedness because they have forsaken God 
and they have turned to other gods and are burning incense to these other gods and worshiping these little idols that they have made with their own hands. Now, some of the latest archaeological diggings in the city of Jerusalem are in the area of the old city of David, Ophel, that is down below the Temple Mount area. The city of David was actually down below that Temple Mount area. The temple was put up there on Mount Moriah by David's son Solomon, but that was sort of the outskirts of the city in a westerly direction. And the city of David is on that hill of Ophel, coming up from the Pool of Siloam and the Gihon Springs. That mound that comes up was the original city of Jerusalem and the city of David. And they are now doing quite a bit of archaeological diggings on the side of the hill there, and they are uncovering houses that date back to the time of Jeremiah. The little houses that they are uncovering were broken down by Nebuchadnezzar during the time that Jeremiah was alive. So the archaeologist Spade is going right back to the time of Jeremiah. And as they are pulling the rubble and the rocks off of these dwelling places. For when they came back from the Babylonian captivity, rather than rebuilding the houses, they just covered them over with dirt and built on top of them. And so they've dug down and they found these houses, but the interesting thing, in the rubble of the houses there, they are discovering multitudes of little idols that the people had made and were worshiping. A confirmation to the word of the Lord here to Jeremiah, where he said they've worshiped the works of their own hands. In each one of the houses, multitudes of these little idols. They're getting a collection of little idols like you can't believe. So God says, my judgment is coming. Therefore, gird up thy loins. Now, the, the guys wore these long skirts, and they're all right for walking around. But if you're going to go to work, you've got to pull the things up and tie your sash so that your legs have free movement. If you're going to run, you've got to gird up your loins. You, you gird up the skirts, you pull them on up, tie your sash so that you can really get to work. You can't work with that long robe down to the ground. So that, that term, gird up your loins, is, is always in reference to pulling up the long skirt that the men wore and tying the sash around to hold the thing up so that you can get to work. So it, it's sort of a phrase that says, and I'll get to work, get busy. And arise, speak unto them all that I command you. Don't be dismayed at their faces. Now, the second time the Lord said that, because they're going to be looking at you with some real angry looks. Lest I confound thee before them. Now, it's an interesting thing. If, 
A lot of times it's best when you've got a message of God not even to look at the people if it's a harsh message because their faces might, you know, you, know, you lose your thought and, and you get confounded because, you know, you're, you're reacting to the response of the people to the message. So he said, don't look at your faces lest you, you get confounded. Just go out and speak the word that I put in your mouth. And it's going to have a negative effect upon them. So just don't look at their faces lest I confound you before them. For behold, I have made thee this day a defense city, an iron pillar, a brass wall against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the princes, against the priests, and against the people. Man, you're going to stand against them all, Jeremiah. You're going to be standing against the kings, the priests, the princes, and all the people. You're going to be almost alone in this thing. But I've made you a defense city. I'm going to defend you. I'm going to put a wall around you. And they shall fight against thee, but they will not prevail against thee. For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to deliver you. Now, here is his commission, here is his calling, and it is interesting to me that in his calling, God doesn't lay out a nice rosy picture. Jeremiah, I'm going to call you now to a wonderful job, and, you know, you're going to minister for me, and because you're a minister, I want you to drive a Cadillac and live on Lido Island and enjoy the best now, because after all, you know, you're my child and you deserve the best. No, God laid out the truth of what's going to happen to you, Jeremiah. It's not going to be easy. You better not look at their faces. It'll scare you. I've set you against the king, the princes, the priests, the people, the whole cabal. You're going to be there by yourself. And they're going to turn against you. But don't worry. I'm going to be with you. And I'm going to deliver you. When the Lord called Paul the apostle on the road to Damascus and brought that dramatic change in his life, as Paul was there and the Lord was saying to Paul, now, Paul, I'm calling you to go to the Gentiles. And, and, and the Lord laid out for Paul the whole ministry that he had for him. When Paul came to the city of Damascus, still blind. And of course, I'm certain in his mind, total mental confusion. Here he was on the road to Damascus, breathing out threats against this new sect of Christianity. Actually, the word is breathing out murders against them. He was so uptight against this sect that would dare to declare that Jesus was the Messiah and to go against the teaching of the Pharisees and breathing out murders against them with papers to imprison those that called upon the name of the Lord there in Damascus. There on the road, a life-changing experience as he's lying on the ground and someone is saying to him, why are you kicking against the pricks? Who are you, Lord, that I might serve you? I am Jesus whom you persecute. What would you have me to do, Lord? 
And the Lord told him what he had him to do. For when Paul was in Damascus and still going over these things in his mind, after three days, the Lord spoke to a man by the name of Ananias. And he said, Ananias, go over and lay your hands upon Paul or Saul that he might receive his sight. And he said, oh, Lord, (laughs) you're kidding, aren't you? I'm on his hit list. I've heard about this guy. Oh, he's been just wrecking havoc in the church in Jerusalem. This guy's fierce. The Lord said, no, don't worry. You go and do what I told you to do. For he is a chosen vessel unto me. And I have shown him all of the things that he's going to have to suffer for my sake. The Lord said, Paul, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to the Gentiles, but it's not going to be easy. You're going to be stoned. They're going to drag you out of the city thinking you're dead. They're going to whip you. They're going to be beating you. But I want you to go for me. Paul said, all right, let's go for it. But I I think that that's very commendable on on Paul's part that even having heard all the things he was going to suffer, he still made that commitment. Now, sometimes ministers like to lay out a rosy path for you. Just receive Jesus, and life is going to be so beautiful. You'll have no more problems because it's just a nice bed of roses. And just get on the air mattress and float into heaven, you know. (laughs) No way. And Jesus didn't say that. He said, look, if they didn't receive me, they're not going to receive you. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you because the servant isn't greater than his Lord. Take up your cross and follow me. He didn't paint a rosy picture. He told them the truth. And I think it's important that we tell people the truth. It isn't easy to follow the Lord. It isn't easy to serve the Lord. You're going to be going against the tide. But as the Lord said to Jeremiah, I will put a wall around you. I will be your defense. And you will have experiences with God that will be invaluable as you see God's hand upon you and God's defense around you and the work of God. It's beautiful. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem saying, thus saith the Lord. Now this is the first message that he has to deliver. As God is calling to his people and it's really a very pathetic thing. It's filled with pathos. As God is calling the people, much as Jesus did in in his message to the church of Ephesus. Oh, you've got your works, you've got your organizations, you've got your committees, you know, you're functioning. But oh, I've got this against you. You've left your first love. Now remember from whence you have fallen. And God is actually calling the people to the very same thing, to remember the first love that they had for God. 
God said, I can remember that first love that you had, that excitement that you had in me, where all you could think about all day long was me. You were singing the praises unto me. Your life was just filled with joy and ecstasy as you were walking with me. You were writing little notes to me. You were singing praises unto me. You were making up love songs to me. I remember those days, God said. The days of your first love. And God is recalling it to Jerusalem. Thus saith the Lord, I remember thee in the kindness of thy youth. The love of that engagement when you went after me in the wilderness in a land that was not sown when you were willing to follow me wherever I would lead you, when you were so dedicated and committed that nothing was, you know, held back as far as your commitment. Where do you want me to go, Lord? What do you want me to do? Lord, I'm for it, you know, let's go. And God said, I remember those days when you were so devoted, so committed, the love that you had for me then. Continue with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Jeremiah in our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Jeremiah 1 through 2 when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is the Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. Now may the Lord be with you and bless you. May He give you a good week. May you just experience more and more the grace and the fullness of our Lord. As you yield your lives to Him, may you discover God's blessed plan that He has in mind for you. And may you not come short in any spiritual gift. May may you abound in all things in Christ Jesus as we wait for the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you, and the Lord bless you. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Every year, Pastor Chuck used to give a prophecy update to prepare Christians to be ready to give an answer to anyone who wants to know what the Bible says about the future. And right now, The Word for Today would like to offer you resources 
that will help you comprehend and unravel the scriptures that pertain to prophecy, such as Pastor Chuck's commentary on the book of Revelation or a collection of DVDs that relate to Israel, the rapture, and the Holy Spirit in the last days. I encourage you as fellow brothers and sisters in Christ to become informed about what the Bible says about the soon return of Jesus Christ and to be able to share your faith with others. For more information about resources concerning biblical prophecy, call the Word for Today at 800-272-WORD or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.